the show that helps you and your business to thrive, not just survive. Tune in each week as Jane connects with guests in the wellness, business and publishing worlds, bringing you the most up-to-date training, techniques, healing and guidance for growth, mindset and motivation. Each session includes a magical guided meditation led by Jane or one of her special guests. Here's your host, Jane Scanlon. Hello and welcome to episode 18. And today I am going to be interviewing Craig Barlow from Leading Men. So Craig is a veteran Royal Navy chef with three medals, two wars, and a a sinking ship story, which I'm sure we're going to hear about. Um, He helps men with leadership, relationships, and basically raising the standards of leadership in men. From struggles, we're going to talk about struggles after leaving the military, to right up uh, to today. So welcome. Thank you, Jane. So, please, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay. So, um, usually when I get asked for descriptions, is like I kind of give that um, the veteran side of things because that's that's a massive, like, huge part of my life, really, uh, for, like, 13 years um, in the military, straight from school. And the, the way I described that career was, like, was the three medals, two wars, and a sinking ship. It's always... Uh, an intriguing one, especially the last bit. It's just like sinking yes. ship. It's like, what the fuck? Um, and uh, since leaving like 10, 10 years ago now, I left. And uh, since then, I've kind of gone down the tracks of continuing in service, as I would say, from like the military being about service. So mm-hmm. I, was, uh, I was a personal trainer for a little bit. I got really fucking bored of that. Um, working in gyms. Uh, I went more into the body work side of things, so working more kind of with the nervous system, the brain and emotions where uh, attached to pain and more kind of deeper into the human workings, so to speak, and behavior. And I really enjoyed that. And and then after that, kind of combining all this together, I, I kind of went more into the actual coaching route and especially towards men. So the last couple of years, I've really been uh, focusing on um, – I say men's coach pretty much yeah but like as I call it like leadership and relationships um which well, I'm sure we'll go into in more detail but yeah I I I I, I moved to uh, Malaga I packed my delightful Peugeot 106 one liter zest with as much as I could get in it and I drove from the UK to to Malaga with no clue what I was doing I was just like I couldn't stand being back in in in, a, in my hometown and kind of mm-hmm. doing life as you're supposed to do it after leaving the military. Yeah. I was like, uh, I don't think this is for me. And, so, uh, how long did you kind of last after leaving the military? How long did you last in your hometown before jumping in that car and driving to Spain? I think I was there for two years. So, like. Uh, yeah. I, I, well, I left, and I went on, I, as soon as I left, I went on a six-month like world adventure where I was like, it was like I wanted to do the traveling and the adventure side without work and without being in the military. So I did yeah. like a bucket bucket list trip around the world for six months, 
and then I, was, I started personal training and started my own business in the um, in the body work. And I, I was just I just got more and more fucking depressed, and like my mm. long term relationship of eight years blew up. And like it felt like everything was just blowing up, and like I was left with absolutely kind of nothing. And I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, "What? What do I do now?" It was just like, it, and the only thing I knew that um, I was certain on was just like I was just like, "Okay," it's like I absolutely love um, adventure and being outside and mountains. So I'm like, "Okay, where where can I go?" And I just sacked everything off, like. Um, renting my house i didn't renew the lease so i just sold all my gym stuff i had in the garage and gave my, all my most of my clothes away to my brother and um just took what i could get with no real plan uh a limited amount of money and, and just fucked off mm. and then you got there and what what was what was life like once you got to spain uh, it, it was it was really good. Again, I was like, I was kind of the the environment was the most important thing for me. So I was like, Malaga is one of the best places I've ever been in my life. It's like it's beautiful, and more on the outside of the city because of the, the nature outside in the mountains is like absolutely stunning. And that was kind of for me what I was really there for to be out outdoors, not really in the city. So it's great it's a beautiful place it's like you know one of the hottest places in europe it's like a stunning city really old a lot of history um on the coast it, it's it, and mountains all together so it was like it was it was pretty good in that sense i was going through a lot of shit obviously from like from leaving the military and like finding like what the fuck am i doing yeah. like what direction am i going in um and it got like there's a couple of points where I nearly quit and like uh, I thought I had to go home because I like I was just like just fucking hitting walls all yeah. the time and then I ended up working in a uh, I ended up getting I don't know how I ended up getting this job but I ended up getting a job in a organic uh, organic skincare like cosmetic store in the port and and working in there and doing and doing kind of sales of like beauty products in uh in the in, in the port yeah. of malaga for about seven months and uh and that was a, that was an interesting point for me because i kind of struggled with that i felt a lot of my ego took a bashing because i was like you know i'm just out of the military i've done all this other stuff and then i'm like i've you know, feeling that kind of like failure and things not working out. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, I had a word with myself basically one day because I was going to this job and like kind of feeling a bit shit. Yeah. And then I just had a word with myself. I said, I, I was like, look, he's like, because I was, I was getting tired of my own shit and kind Bullshit. of like, yeah, yeah, complaining and like whiny. And I was just yeah. like, oh my gosh, shut the fuck up. So I had a word with myself and said like, look, like what, what, how is this, how is this job right now? helping you what was the goal what is the goal for you right now i was like to stay in malaga like that's that's it it's like if we just stay in malaga right now and figure stuff out that's good i was like okay is this job helping you do that i was like yes and it's like right well shut the fuck up then and i was like okay and that was it, that was it. and then um and then i got my ass in gear and i i was there for like seven months and um then i started um I started uh, coaching more and like being able to kind of survive and and, and live very well on the south coast of Spain. And it's amazing it, when you decide to stop whinging and whining 
and accept where you're at now and and look around Mm. you and like you said like what is this helping me do I I remember doing similar when I was in the London Ambulance Service and I'd go up and I'd pay every second of it and I probably was absolutely awful to work with um and then I was I just realized how much I hate whinging and whining and when I start doing it and complaining all the time I know like I've got to change something and I have that same conversation with myself I was like what what can you see as good and I remember going up and I used to love walking from Waterloo to um Southwark and looking up and seeing the shard and going fuck me I'm working in central London. I love this, you know. And then when I got into the office, I didn't like that bit, but I just ha- would have that moment every morning. Ah, there's the shard. I love this. And then it it shifted and then I got to leave that job within, I don't know, I think it was four months of having that talk to myself. Yeah. It, it, is, it is like when you get tired of your own crap because like, I, like, I don't like complaining um, or whining. It's just like it never happens. So when I start doing it myself, I'm like, yeah. have a fucking word with yourself. And like, but this is a thing because you can you can make the shift. So like, it's it's draining, isn't it? When like you're yeah. around other people that are like fucking complaining and whining all the time, and you just want to say, shut the fuck up. Like, because I would say that to myself. This thing, like, shut the fuck up, stop fucking whining, and do yeah. something. And it is like, and it is that simple to do but it's just like sometimes you have to get tired of your own bullshit or have someone actually tell you to shut the fuck up and stop complaining yes definitely <laughs> so you've, you've told us a little bit about your journey yeah. but let's go back to the military okay like what made you leave school and go directly into the military well I figured this out like uh, not so long ago. It's just like where and like how did I come around to that? And it was, and a, a bit a bit of a seed was planted when I I watched uh, Under Siege with Steven Seagal. When I was <laughs> yes. like probably like probably watched it with my dad when I was like eight eight years old or something. A uh, good old proper action movie. Yes. And I was just like I was just like oh that's super cool. He's just like oh, I'd love to do that. And he was a chef as well, right? He was a special yes, forces he was. chef and he like kicked ass and saved the day and all that. And um, that must have been a seed planted because like when I've, I don't really, I don't have a history of family in the military. I think like mm-hmm. my, my granddad that um, died when I was very small was like in the, in the army uh, when he was younger, obviously during the war, but like nothing, nothing really. So um, yeah. And I didn't really, I didn't really like, I hated school. Like, in a sense of, I was I was not a great student. I was just like oh, I was like as I like sit down and learn in the classroom. No, thank you. The funny enough, the only the only subjects I actually was really probably good at were and that, that I enjoyed. Funny enough, the ones I enjoyed were geography and cooking. So, mm. and then uh, I ended up going to the careers office with a friend uh, at school who was going over. And as they do in careers office, they drag you in and try and sign you up as well. And then um, pretty much like a few months after I left school, um, I was I was joining I was joining the uh, the Navy basic training as a sixteen year old in Plymouth. Yeah. Nice. And then moving through there, do you feel like your career within the military has helped your your business career? 
100 fucking percent like massively as like, i'm i'm so i'm so very grateful for like uh for, for my for my military career and the time in there especially as a man and especially the work that i do with men is like there's so many similarities yeah that you, you get from military and like leadership uh and being around like um being around men and being around leadership constantly and being around that kind of um that that way of living and the kind of the ethos and and, and all of this great stuff and all of the training and the massive practice. structure isn't there rules yeah, the regulation structure, structure discipline all of this but it's not as people think oh it must have been really hard now it's, it's not it was actually fucking easy because you got so many people around you you're all doing the same thing there's a lot of structure there's a lot of leadership there's a lot of training mm-hmm. so it was really like I enjoyed thoroughly enjoyed all of it but um, because when I've when I've struggled when I left it's like it's weird because because structure is given to you on a platter it's like you you don't necessarily integrate it fully into yourself right so i noticed this this is a part of when i struggled when i left was like i just kind of like was fucking all over the place a bit and just kind of like i didn't understand what was going on Mm. and then i was like okay i need to use what i know and what i've got and i started to unpick the military and like all these tools and and skills that I'd learned and like the mentality and the, the mindset and, and all of this. And I realized that like, although I'd been in that environment for so long, there was, there was a lot that I'd not kind of really, um, well, not that I'd really used, I'd used in that environment, but I like, Oh, these are really useful to transfer into the outside world for me, yeah, to help me sort my shit out, to help yeah. me integrate more structure, to help me, um, with my self leadership is like using that mentality to just kind of like get on with shit, even though it's hard and you're struggling and you're going through crap. It's just like it's, you just fucking keep going, and um, and that was just like the mentality. And like, because people will say, "Is like, oh, you're so brave, just driving off to Malaga, like in a car, no plan." I'm like, why? It's like, why wouldn't you do that? It's just like for me, yeah. it's just like that doesn't make sense. It's like you just fucking do it. Um, but it doesn't mean there's not there's not struggle in, involved in that. But I think that the military gave me such a a great mentality, and especially around leadership and obviously all the training that we've done is like it ingrained something in me. And then, but I was like still kind of a bit immature. So when I came out, it was like I kind of went through all these lessons and leadership and all this, and then kind of retweaked them into something that was useful now. And especially yeah. in especially in working with men as well in men's work, I find it is like it, it is it's like irreplaceable and invaluable skill sets from one of the, the the highest gold standards of leadership in the world you can get. Mm, interesting, because I, it's definitely something I struggle with, like being consistent as a business owner, yeah. um, and I know. I work, if I've got structure in my life, you've got a happy Jane, right? And it's the same with my daughter. If she's got structure in her life, I've got a happy child. Um, Structure is so important. Other points that I have over structured my life if that makes sense and my business and I'm supposed to do emails at this point and Mm. I'm supposed to and then it's all because I've I've almost like tied myself up in chains, then it's it's too much. There's got to be that little bit of yeah. flexibility, isn't it? I kind yeah. of talk about it as like bamboo, like a bamboo structure, mm. or, or um, in, instead of um, 
metal poles, metal scaffold poles around you. Yeah, kind of thing. It's, it's, it turns into rigidity. So it's like it, it's, and I find as well, like this might be with women too, but obviously I speak to men from a men's because I'm a man. But like it's the sometimes the over rigidity and discipline for for men is it's to it's to kind of mask kind of insecurity and anxiety as well. So I noticed that. So I had a lot of that. So I became very rigid in my uh, discipline when I left and was like, like probably really difficult to be around because I was like, I was so super rigid. But it's because underneath I was super anxious. Yeah. Um, and so it's like that, that's, that's really not helpful either. So, uh, and I didn't realize that because I've never really been anxious, to be honest, in, in, yeah. much in my life you know the, the usual bits in, in the sense when you're doing something new you get the kind of like a little bit of nervousness or whatever of course all that normal stuff but because i think i've done so many like hard things and so many trainings and so in so many intense environments in the military it was just like it was just i didn't it wasn't bothered i was like yeah cool let's go and mm-hmm. cause you're just used to it but but i find the over rigidity um you know a lot is is very stifling and it's it's again from my experience has been through underlying kind of anxiety and like i've got to control everything yes 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 yeah makes utter sense Mm. so let's talk about the work you do and i i just i love following you i love watching reading the posts um and I'm, i'm following quite a few um men's coaches now because I find it so fascinating um, the different language you use compared to the when women are working with women, um, the different structures and strategies. Um, and I, I think the world has changed. This, this is my opinion, and then you can tell me. You can tell me what's going on. Um, I feel like the world has changed so much in the last 100 150 for women in the way we are within the world and I almost feel like there's um that must be very difficult for men even though like we're like virtually probably the same age we've grown up the same kind of environment but over the grand scale of things women's lives have changed what's changed in men's what is going on there because we're feeling more empowered but then i think within relationships mm-hmm. talking from experience oh, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't tend to work out for kind of reasons like that i don't know give us the goss craig well, give I us the lowdown I, I can only give you my perspective <laughs> And like, not everyone may agree with this, and that's absolutely fine. But in in kind of blunt terms, I think like women are becoming men, and men are becoming women. That's, yeah, it's that's a bit shit, isn't it? It's, it's a big overcorrection, oh. right? So in mm. terms of like, in a sense of of like, you know, you have the feminist movement, which is great for like women's rights and awesome, you know, fantastic, obviously. But then it's like it's it's a I think that's overcorrected, and like kind of what it is now is like not what it was originally about. Agree. And and I think a lot of women are becoming kind of more um, like masculine and like kind of like, you know, the, the, the feminism is about it's like, you know, free sex and I can, you know, I can do whatever the fuck I want and like I can go fuck whoever I want and all this. I'm like, well, you can, 
it's very masculine isn't it <laughs> kind of yeah but there's like and you and you absolutely can but it's just like but then it's like on the other hand if you want a quality man it's just like you you have to understand like what a, what a quality man is like is is looking for and he's not looking for that so then you get women complaining about men it's like where's all the good men where's all the masculine men it's just like that and then they're, they're not looking at you by like in the sense of how you're behaving and, and how you're going about being a woman and, mm-hmm. and, and, and the vice versa as well, right? It's just like where women are frustrated with men because they want men to kind of be in a, a sense, well, I say, I say masculine, whatever that fucking means to you. Uh, I know what it, I know what it kind of means to me, but, um, and then in like, in, in kind of men not leading and then women being kind of angry and frustrated. There's a lot of like intertwined, like wounding going on there a lot of old emotional baggage a lot of hurt people that it, it's like and, and i come around to this is like i understand it and it's just like and the way i look at it is just like we're designed to be complementary right mm. not come not combative not like passive aggressive in like where it's it's almost been okay for women to joke about men and make fun of men but then if men do it to women it's just like it's toxic and all yeah. this bullshit, and I've got no time for the fucking bullshit. And it's like it's yeah. really fucking annoys me because I wish, like, and I talk, I say this to like men and women. I wish everyone would just shut the fuck up and just focus on your own shit and like deal with your own stuff. Take responsibility and ownership. Stop being a victim mm-hmm. and and sort your fucking life out. And I mean that, and I say that, and I say that, and people say, "Well, where's your compassion and empathy?" I get that quite a lot, but it's like. That is compassion for me because it's like it's telling you what other people think but I probably don't want to say to you because yeah. they don't want the conflict and I don't mind conflict so mm-hmm. it's like so it doesn't really bother me and it's like but it, for me that's true it's just like is I get it it's like in a sense well it's not that easy blah 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 it's like look we've all had to fucking do it I've had to do it it, it wasn't it's times where it hasn't been easy and it's been difficult and like you know but I, 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 the way I looked at it as a well, tough shit, I've got to do it. There's like no other choice. Yeah. So we just stay with the repeated kind of negative patterns mm-hmm. in relationships and life, or yeah. you've, you've got to do something about it. You've got to make a change, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's, uh, and I think it, it's, it's shifting again now because you can see like now, even in the men's workspace is like more and more men's coaches come out of the woodwork as well. And like, mm, it, it. It, the same with that is just like, yes, I would kind of, yeah. I mean, but it's the same like, um, with, it's just like, uh, it, it, uh, and I do love it. And I love the, the kind of men's movements that are going on right now. It's much needed, but like with everything, there's the shit ones and there's good ones. Yes, yeah. Right? So for me, that's a lot of, like, is, like, raising standards. That's why I say, like, raising the standards of leadership because when my my view of men's work is leadership, it's, like, mm-hmm. it's, again, using my, my military background a lot and obviously a lot of the work I've done, the body work, the emotional work, the nervous system work, trauma work, all of this, it's, like, it's mm-hmm. all needed. But it's, for me, is like, I look at it from a, a leadership perspective and a relationship perspective because as a man you can be fucking awesome in your business like if you you're a ceo you're a team leader you're in corporate leadership is like you got your own business whatever it's like you could be awesome in that and perform at a great level in that but your home life sucks it's like yeah. in, in your relationship is just like it's it's all over the place you're 
your partner's unhappy, he's like, you're not having as much sex as you want to, you're both a bit miserable, you don't communicate of, of, uh, like properly, um, you're afraid of conflict and, and kind of rocking the boat, so to speak, and you want mm-hmm. the happy wife, happy life, and all of that shit that you get taught. And the paradox is kind of like, it's it's actually the opposite of that. And the way, the way I approach it with men is just like, a lot of the first conversations I have is like, it's like being selfish like you need to be selfish and they're like what because guys guys are too busy pleasing is like too busy pleasing women being super pleasing i know people use the the nice guy term a lot um i don't really use that much um but it's 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 a it's a big problem and men i know there's not nice guy coaches out there very good ones um but it's 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 that's a very Female trait as well, isn't it? People pleasing. Uh, it's, it's human. It's human, it just really. human trait. I, th- I yeah. think so. Yeah, I'd say that. It's like you know, like you could say people pleasing, uh, lack of boundaries, um, mm. not knowing your needs, not being able to communicate your needs, and like you know, you, you do that through manipulation of like if I do this, then they'll do something for me without me actually yeah. uh, articulating that in words. Yeah. And and I think we've all had to do work on that in, in some area, shape or form, for sure. But it's it's with, but with guys is like, and and this is from, and this is what I kind of I stick to because it's, I can see is like I I get a lot of shit on like, um, especially Facebook right and like as you do in comment sections for some of the things I say, but again because yeah. I'm because I don't care because I'm I'm not bothered about conflict or somebody's decided that their feelings are hurt offended because I know the place that it comes from. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and my my background is in a military environment, right? Where you get trained at a very high level because you are basically training for worst case scenarios, which is attacks and death, bombings, um, chemical attacks, fires, floods, like all of the, you, you're training at a fucking high level. Yeah. And and in that leadership dynamic is just like how you communicate with each other is. Is is direct and to the point, but nobody gets their feelings hurt. It's like you understand. It's just like just say what you want to fucking say and then get on with it, and everyone's cool. And that's that for me is the most efficient um, environment of leadership I've ever seen. And mm. I work with guys in corporate. I work with guys who have teams, and it's like the communication. It's like school children. Yeah. No, nobody I, knows how to fucking communicate. I think we need a huge. This is men and women. Sure. We we really need to learn how to communicate effectively, don't we? Yeah, and this is why this is why I use a leadership model because a lot, a lot in the men's space, and I've I've been down different avenues in this to like see what I find useful and whatnot. And it's great that there's loads of stuff out there. Like um, I would never ever put down other other men's work practices because if they're bringing in, if they're attracting a certain type of man to do work, yeah, with, all up for it. Absolutely amazing. Love it. But it's like, but again, it's like for me, it makes sense for me for who I am, my background. That is like, not everyone's gonna like be attracted to me. But then it's just like the ones that are the ones that for me are the, the ones that get the ones that are right for me and get results. Like I don't like to work with like spiritual flow boys, mm-hmm. right? It's like it's like it, it, it it's like I don't <laughs> I don't have the patience for it, right? Because yeah. it's like it's very offended and kind of very triggered and super feminine. Guys yeah. is like n- n- no. It's just like I like. That's why I like the guys who are like either ex-military, um, uh, like athletes, 
um, business owners, uh, entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. because you've had to build a certain level of mentality to get to that point. Yes. And that's, that's a good match for me. And, and, and if you use, there's a lot of things, you know, even like masculine and feminine dynamics and all of this is just like, it's great. But I think most people don't even fucking understand what they are. Mm. And then it's like, and then I think as well in the self-development world on social media, they just get put in a bowl and just like watered down into shit, like a lot of other things in, in self-development. So I kind of use it a little bit, but I use it in a sense of leadership because when I speak to men, from speaking to men about masculine and feminine dynamics, it's just like, which I have done, I've, I've, I've used that, obviously I've gone into that because it is really fucking important, mm -hmm. 100%. Um, but it's just a way like, uh, uh, and I use the word wanky a lot. It's just because that's something that I just don't connect with. Like, it's just, that's all it is. It's just like, but there's, there's ways that that gets talked about that I just find a bit wanky. And it's just like where a lot of guys that I know with, they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's just like, I don't understand. So yeah. that's why I use the leadership. And that's why I use, um, is my military training and leadership a lot because I, I feel for me, that actually connects with men a lot more. Men mm. understand that instinctively. Understand the model of leadership, yeah. and and it's like it's something. It's almost something ingrained in you as a man. I think is to is is to a, a certain level, whatever that is, is to 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 be a leader. It is it is part of that. So I've just found that communicating more in that way makes more sense to the men and the men that I, I suppose that I work with. Than, than kind of a lot of the the other stuff that's kind of going around. And how do you um, how do you help these men with the the kind of communication, communicating better within their relationships, within the boardroom? Um, do you have different strategies, or is it literally different for every single person that bit, walks through your door? A bit mm. of both. So there's like there's frameworks that absolutely work because uh, again it's like their leadership frameworks from again from from gold standard leadership environments. So using the military part and then using the kind of the more uh, the, the the deeper side of kind of like coaching and and you know things like the the relationship dynamics um, and. Uh, What was your question again, Jane? Uh, well, kind of. How can men and oh, women how to, how communicate to better? Yeah. It. So it was like it was the yeah. So it's like there is pragmatic frameworks, and it does like the different guys kind of need a little like different tweaks as well because not all guys are like I don't expect all guys to be like me, right? It's just like guys have their own expression of their own masculinity and leadership. But it's yeah. like so it's more about helping them find what works for them yeah. but there are a hundred percent things that like okay you need to be you need to be okay with conflict like you need to be okay and especially in relationships so this is why because if you can lead a relationship you can do it fucking anywhere because mm -hmm. the, the place where all your shit shows up the most is in your most intimate yeah. relationships so like and i find a lot of guys are afraid of conflict with their partners they don't say things they don't tell the truth um they're like they're not um, they they abandon themselves because they want to like please and not upset them or rock the boat or offend them. They don't want to seem like a dick or an asshole. Yeah. And and so basically, as they they lie or they don't tell the truth, and it's like they're they're not honest. 
so it's like it's about being able to be um, radically honest and mm. be okay with conflict it doesn't mean you have to like conflict it, yeah. it doesn't mean that you you might not get anxious or it might not be really uncomfortable and you won't want to do it but it's like but you you have to get good at, uh, facing potential conflict and and dealing with the outcomes for that and actually learning how to navigate into resolution because that's something that doesn't happen is like you know in, in yeah. relationships you keep cycling the same shit or stuff gets swept yeah. under the rug you keep cycling the same shit round so you don't grow as a relationship because you you, you can't deal with this the, the shit um that's right in front of you to get past so then you can get to mm-hmm. the next thing because there'll be another thing of course it fucking will so and, and it's like I would I wouldn't say I'm like I'm amazing at that either. Like I'm not amazing at all of this. I'm still learning too. This is never going to yeah. stop. So, but what I find is just like where if you're willing to actually like to to be in it until until you get to resolution and learn from it. Because again, I learn my mentality is I learn from action. I learn from taking action, and then mm-hmm. rather than like overly studying or, or reading on everything. Yeah. That usually comes. I usually do that ass backwards, but it's. Um, yeah. But but it's it's if so it's like you don't have to be great here, and like guys generally aren't. So that I kind of tell them this as well. Like, look, I'm not amazing at it either. But what I will do is I will stick at it, especially in relationship, until you get to resolution, and it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, don't particularly like it. But it's just like, but that's not the point. It's like the point is, is like I would do it because I know on either side of that is more intimacy is more connection is kind of better sex is like all of these wonderful things that we want mm. and and even in some cases it might actually mean the end of a relationship mm-hmm. and and that's i think what a lot of guys are afraid of and probably women too but for me it's my values and my virtues that i, I live by it's like it's it means sometimes you have to make hard decisions that aren't going to be popular so it, it's it's like I'm, I'm rather be be honest than kind of like avoid being honest and like and if that ended up in like the end of a relationship then then I can accept that mm-hmm. do you know what I mean because it's more important for me to be my values in my integrity and this is what I mean by being selfish is it's like where you can't abandon yourself as a man That's yeah when we do that all the time as men in relationships yeah, that is so true. And I think, <clears throat> yeah, there are many women that do the same as well. Um, oh, 100%. 100%. God, it, yeah. It's a bloody minefield. <laughs> it is. It is. It's like, um, but so there's, there's a couple of parts of that as well. So it's just like, is a lot of what I would do is just like 100% it's, it's, it's relevant to both men and women because there's a human element there, right? So we talked mm-hmm. about, we said about that in terms of boundaries, like having boundaries knowing what your needs are, getting your needs met. It's like learning to meet them yourself, learning to self-lead. Like all of these things are like mm-hmm. they're um, dealing with your shit, whatever your flavor of trauma is and whatever that means to, yeah. to somebody is just like that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's actually really useful. A lot of trauma is useful. Um, but it's – and then there's like – then there's the differences between men and women that go on top of that. So it's like you've got your, your, your human part that we all have which we all go through mm-hmm. and like, and then on top of that, you got your, your man shit and your woman shit. Yes, we have indeed. 
And we've got a lot to, to work through on both parts of the time. Well, this is what <laughs> I mean, but it's, it's complimentary. It's worth there. it, isn't it? That's what it, I always think. It's worth the, dealing, with, dealing with your own shit and your trauma, coming to those resolutions, because life is always better on the other side, even if, like you say, it's the end of a relationship. Yeah. And if it's not, the relationship seemed better. So yes, exactly. Not to like. <laughs> and this is there's a thing in this as well. Is like this just brought a point up for me as well. Just like there's just differences in language that I've seen like in a lot of self development, and I feel a lot of self development is very feminine based as well. Oh yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. I was talking to my last uh, client about this and about your posts. Yeah. And how the language is so different and. Yeah it's of course it needs to be different doesn't it it, it does and, it, and the one that kind of like kicked up a bit of fuss was when i was talking about uh vulnerability it's just like where and obviously there's like there's a piece in that where it's like you know it's gonna i'm not generally trying to be polarizing it's just generally what i think <laughs> so it's like, and <laughs> yeah. this is and it's, it's what i've seen as well from like myself and like kind of maybe not mistakes but learnings i've got from working with men where it's just like talking about being vulnerable. It's, I would say that's more of a, uh, a more of a feminine trait. I would I would use um, for a man is like is like acting with courage or courageous honesty. Right? It's like mm-hmm. that's. I'm like, which one do I feel actually like? You know, makes me kind of feel more in my fucking masculine and more yeah, kind of like hundred percent powerful. Whereas right? I think if I said, you know, oh Craig, I, I need you to be really vulnerable now, I I would feel I'd even see you shrink. But whereas if you say, like your post, you know, be courageous, come on, take a risk. Yeah. You know, you can see a man grow with that rather than shrink like oh i don't want to it is and you could even you could even that could even be used for a woman too it's not man-centric it's just like Mm. for me it's just like what makes sense to me what i see what i feel is more useful because it's like and this is the thing is like it's it had people saying oh that's toxic masculinities like this bullshit and i'm like okay yeah Yeah. and it's but it's like but if you look at that if you're if you are looking, if you are using the language of yourself of like and the energy of acting with courage and being courageous, vulnerability is a fucking byproduct anyway. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So it's just like so it's like you kind of like you're skipping the middleman, so to speak, and like and for a lot of guys, it's just like the, even the word, and it's just and again, it's for me, I'm like looking at okay, what do a lot of men struggle with probably in their own heads of like and like vulnerability. Yeah, absolutely. But if you replace that with courage and courageous action and, yeah. you know, honesty and risk, that is masculine language. Yeah. That, for me anyway, that feels more like masculine language that guys will connect to. So there, there's, a, there's a lot of this right now. The stuff that's coming off me here where it's just like a lot of, you know, questioning a lot of stuff that's in self-development and like what's very feminine-based because I see there's a lot, it's almost like a lot of... Um, men's work is in, is encouraging men to be like more in their feminine side it's like whatever the fuck that means but for me it's it's if you if you focus on leadership as a man it's just like you're covering all of that shit without actually having to to use that kind of lingo and language yeah yeah agree and just you know seeing some of those posts was like little light bulb moments for mm. me reading yeah. some of your posts and it's just like yeah my god 
we're so different. You change the language and it's a whole yeah. different vibe. Um, and the the kind of work that I do with women is helping us to soften and be more in the receiving mode instead yeah. of uh, trying to control everything. Mm. And, you know, so, and yeah, it totally works on, on, on both ways. We're trying to soften. <laughs> it is. And then... It's and it's not as it's not as black and white either. It's just like where there's lots of nuances in that too, right? Where it's just like guys can be like kind of like almost in that overly rigid masculine as well, right? Mm-hmm. And they need to chill the fuck out there. I that's where I came from. I came from like yeah. overly rigid military mode. Rah, everything was like I was smashed down a brick wall, and it's like and but like that's useful as well. So not just yeah. again over swinging the other way and going kind of into you don't need there. that all the time, but sometimes no, no, no. you can yeah step yeah, into then, that energy. But then it and then it's the overcorrect of going into into the other end and I was just like, oh this is like this isn't really helping me that much. And mm-hmm. so like kind of coming back and finding a bit of a sweet spot. I think you need to tend to do that. You need, you need to push in kind of different areas and push to the edges of them to find where your sweet spot is. Mm-hmm. And because like, I, I know guys that are, are like kind of um, more, maybe like more softer or more even like on the scale kind of lean towards more, more kind of feminine, but it doesn't mean that you still can't lead and have those traits of, of leadership as a man, right? Um, yeah. 100%. But it's, um, it, so it, it's, it's not, it's not to say that you can't have that part and the man shouldn't be that. And that's what's confusing for a lot of men. So this is why I say it's like, is a focus on leadership. And it's like, it's the human part, then the man woman part, and almost like an individual part too, is just like, what's Mm -hmm. your individual? How do you express that as an individual? Right. Where it's not like, I like to go climbing on cliffs and jumping off cliffs and doing crazy shit because I fucking, I've always loved that my whole life. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't expect all guys to like, well, if you don't do this, then you're not a real man. <laughs> it's like, it's ridiculous. But it's, 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 so it's like the where we, I can find a common ground with men that affects, that is, speaks to, I think, all men is leadership. Mm-hmm. And, and especially combining that with relationship. Fantastic. So, how would, how would a man start working with you? Um, do the most difficult thing probably I think men have to do Ever. is actually yeah. is like is actually ask for help or mm-hmm. come say hello to me because even though I think I, I think uh, Hannah says this all the time my girlfriend she says um, like she thinks people on social media sometimes get the wrong impression of me because I'm like direct and kind of like brash is just like she says but like you know people knew that you were a big softy as well it's just like well yeah but it's just like I am because that's my kind of um, balance. But it's like you're gonna get misunderstood, right? As well. So mm-hmm. uh, I am very, I am very approachable. Um, so it's like I do a lot of my stuff on social media. Um, so it's like through Facebook, Craig Barlow, or through um, Instagram, uh, the Craig Barlow, and is just drop me a message. Is I like, just interact with some of my stuff and um, have a conversation and it's and I, and I see it with all guys it's like I know that as a man it's like sometimes it's difficult to actually ask for help people say that it's pride that gets in the way for men is like it's not actually like men are shit scared to be honest it's like men mm. are shit scared because there's something in them that knows they're going to have to like um, touch on stuff that they don't want to 
yeah. uh, or they don't know how, and that's actually scary. I know because I've been there like more mm-hmm. than once. And um, so, and I find is like when you kind of explain that to men, they're kind of like it's almost like this oh, this sigh of relief because one of the problems for men is like a majority of men are walking around with the same issues going on in their heads, the same things they're not they're repressing and not talking about, mm-hmm. not dealing and not dealing with. And it's like not realizing because you don't want to seem, you don't want to appear weak, you don't want to appear emasculated, you don't want to be yeah. laughed at, you don't want to feel embarrassed, all of this sort of shit. And it's, uh, and you don't realize that, like, yeah, there's a fucking shit ton of other men out there doing exactly the same thing. So, mm. and it's you're not, not alone. And it's not, it's not as, as big of a thing as you're making out in your own head. Oh, yeah. Our heads love to do that, make things massive. And then when actually speak it out loud and get some help, shrinks. It shrinks. Um, So have you got any offer for the audience or what, like what, how, what are the different ways of working with you? That kind of stuff. Okay. So right now I have a one-to-one mentorship, which is minimum one year. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's generally for um, business owners, kind of CEOs, guys in leadership roles or the have yeah. their own business. Uh, I have a group one-year mentorship, men's work mentorship around leadership and relationships that's, um, that will be enrolling again in April. So um, that's something for that. I would say it's generally for kind of every man, the every man, yes. so to speak, who wants to kind of like dive into this and like really kind of raise the standards, like have better relationships, more intimacy, more sex, even like more more money as well. It's just like it's guys when they do this, it's like they get promotions and pay rises and make more money mm. too, which is great. Yes, yes, so, yes. That's good and events so at some point this year i'm just sorting out the details now i'm going to be doing um tactical leadership weekends um so i'm teaming up with a ex sas uh, chief instructor and um combining the kind of like the work i do with um kind of tactical uh, leadership and uh, response training Ooh. in the uk so like scenario based, yeah. So like mm. it's kind of it's <laughs> it's very cool. Some some people are scared of it, but I'm super excited by it. It's like you're doing like a kidnapping drills. Oh um, my god! Yeah, self uh, self self defense uh, drills, uh, dealing with knife attacks, uh, carjackings, um, uh, like intense incidents and like trauma first aid. So like you come in like you have a scenario where there's turned over cars or car accident and there's people kind of different injuries or unconscious and that and you have to respond so oh, this sounds exciting it's teaching it's like a lot of the stuff that like kind of annoys me in the in men's space too is just like and i understand it and it's useful but like just the sitting around and talking about shit it's like yeah it's useful but like as men is just like we need to push it into action and put it into practice it's like as quick as possible mm. it's just like for me, that's something that needs to be done. So this is why we're doing this this weekend's trainings um, to put men in positions where you actually, you you know where you're at, you know where your edges are, you know your physiological responses by actually doing the thing and mm. training and feeling uncomfortable and like and, and nervous. It's like, so you're able to deal with higher levels of stress and yeah. performance. 
uh, which for me is like is is so much missing in the men's space right now. And uh, and it's fucking fun. It's like, I was going like, to say, it sounds yeah. super exciting and fun. Yeah, absolutely. I might even, this is the thing with the weekends as well, I might even uh, open them up to, uh, to the ladies as well because I'm sure there's a lot of... Um, women that would love to do those too and it's like it'd be great for it'd be great for the dynamics as well that'd be that would be uh would be awesome so but we'll see but like we're starting them at some point this year maybe around easter and mm-hmm. um get the first one rolling out for that so if if people are interested in that they want more details in that they can uh they can they can get in touch with me as well fantastic okay so thank you so much craig for coming on and sharing um about your life oh Wait, wait, wait. Oh. Sinking ship. You have not told oh, us okay. about All the right. sinking ship. You can't go. All right. Do you want the sinking ship? Yes. Cool. Okay. Um, so so this was when I was 19 years old. I think it was my second ship that I was on. i just come back from the Middle East, and I flew out to join a, uh, a frigate, which is like about 250 person ship with big guns on the front it's called a destroyer and um i was flying out to the philippines to join it and it was halfway through like a world tour so it's like i was like it was like the um probably one of the best ships i could have got because it's like when one's going on a world tour it's just like you want to be on it because it's going everywhere so uh, i flew out to manila to join the ship i had one night out in manila which is a story for another day and then the the next day we sailed for Australia and I was on this ship for 10 days and I was in bed one night about 10 p.m. because I was on the early shift in the kitchen and the ship just went just started like fucking vibrating and shaking like really hard and oh my God. I, I, I opened the curtain <laughs> I opened the curtains of my bed and like there was one guy sat in the in the mess deck and he he looked at me like wide-eyed i looked at him and he was like what the fuck was that and then it did it again and we were like shit and then the alarm started going off the emergency alarm and yeah. um so we're like oh shit we've we've fucking hit something here so you're getting changed into your overalls and your your battle gear and like guys were coming running into the mess deck and as he opened the door you could hear water going oh, rushing in so we were like yeah. fuck um so uh we went to emergency stations and basically damage control so like you go in and like you're you get an assessment of the damage is like you got to go and shut compartments and lock compartments off you've got to put fires out you've got to start pumping water out of compartments mm-hmm. with, with hoses and pumping stuff and like yeah the, the fires is like putting all this shit out and like putting up shoring like kind of wooden scaffolding to to stop the bulkheads or the walls kind of um exploding God. yeah yeah. So, um, so that's what we went through for a, a good a good number of hours, and then we ended up kind of uh, grounding the ship on a on a beach off on a very tiny island about three hundred miles off the coast of Australia, and uh, we were there for two weeks while they were figuring out what to do with us and how to sort out because wow. obviously it's never happened before. So. Um, and what happened? Did they? Did it run aground? Was it what? Yeah, so we ran. We ran aground. So we like we stopped everything from basically we stopped it from sinking, which it was yeah. like apparently we were quite close to actually sinking. 
uh, or abandoned ship. So then yeah. we we grounded the ship on a on a on a on a beach, and then we still had to do, we had twenty four seven pumping. We were eating like all the tinned emergency food. Yeah. Because we couldn't because we couldn't cook. Um, and we were there for two weeks while they sent a tow ship to come and get to take the ship away. Wow. Yeah. And then they they flew us off by an RAF jet from this island to Sydney, and they were like, "Look." We don't know what's going on, um, so just go and basically do what you want, and then report back to this RAF base at so and so date. So I ended up having three months in Australia uh, at nineteen, just going fucking wild. Um, God on the east coast, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, going wild, and uh, for three months with a load of sailors. And, awesome uh, and getting paid for it i'm assuming obviously um, absolutely getting paid for which my when wow. i ran home and my brothers called me a wanker of um, course, of course <laughs> it did. and i was like yep and uh so yeah that's that was the that was the story of the the sinking ship nice thank you you can you we can say goodbye to you now okay <laughs> thanks craig pleasure no to have you on um right. please Get in touch with Craig, Craig Barlow, and it's leadingmengroup at gmail.com um, or his name on Facebook, Craig Barlow, or the Craig Barlow on Insta. That's correct. Absolute pleasure to speak to you. Um, keep doing your amazing work. Awesome. Thanks for the invite, Jane. Appreciate it. No probs. Thank you. Bye then. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, so that was episode 18 of Stay Sane with Jane. Now, normally we would have the meditation session, but we have had such an amazing call um, interview with Craig that we have totally run over. What we're going to do is just a quick breathing technique mindfulness that you can do anywhere any place so there's no need to stay in um, anxiety there's no need to stay in pain so let's just take a moment have a little daydream We're just going to take five, just five minutes to relax and tune into your soul. My name is Jane Scanlon and we're going to do a quick five minute meditation. That's my coined phrase for meditation and mindfulness. I invite you to place a hand on your chest and a hand on your belly. And at first, just tune in to the way you are breathing and the way your body is moving. Remember, there is no right or wrong. There just is.
And now try elongating the breath, breathing in through the nose, filling up your lungs and chest, feeling that rib cage expand. And then holding, holding your breath. And when ready, releasing with a sigh. And again, a deep breath in through the nose. Feeling your abdomen swell, your chest expand. Feeling your lungs to full capacity and holding, 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 holding and releasing and letting go. Breathe in, hold, and release and let go. If you notice now, just, just move back to your normal breathing and tune it in to the way you are breathing now. Tune into your heart and how that feels and the energy within your body, mind and soul. You can use this simple breathing technique anywhere, any place any time. If you're feeling at all anxious, stressed or depressed, then you can literally just tune into your breath and take three deep inhalations with your hand on your belly, hand on your chest and just go through that cycle Relaxing the body, the mind, reducing the heart rate. Helping to slow down any uh, anxiety chemicals flowing through your body. And helping your body and mind and soul to just relax. Feel safe, feel secure. And... To start pumping those happy hormones around your body instead. So that's it from me, Jane Scanlon, with this week's meditation. A quick five minute um, breathing technique, which you can do literally anytime, any place and it will take you about three minutes. Stay sane with Jane, the show that helps you and your business to thrive, not just survive. 
tune in each week as Jane connects with guests in the wellness, business and publishing worlds, bringing you the most up-to-date training, techniques, healing and guidance for growth, mindset and motivation.